find the baller. My life is more than money and jewelry. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from playing sports to exotic whips. Ain't gotta tell me, dog. I know I'm the shit behind the baller. My life is more than money and jewelry. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from music exec to this podcast. Now I finally feel at home and laugh behind the baller. Yo, 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 what up, y'all? And happy Monday. Welcome to another brand new episode of the world famous Behind the Baller podcast. My name is Ben Baller, not Ben Humble, also known as the Korean Earl Woods, also known as the Wash Lord, aka Old Boy, aka the Forrest Gump Hip Hop. We have a, a show. We always do, right? You know what I mean? This show is produced by none other than the world-famous Dust Brothers. That would be Miles Davis and Jordan Winter, two dudes that I dearly love. Original music by Lakey Inspired and theme song by Illegal Cartel. Guys, this show is recorded in Hollywood, California, inside the Million Dollar Man Cave. Monday is not my favorite day of the week. I have had difficulty even remember what day it is. I just feel like I have so much information in my head. It is hard to even discuss days. It's like usually I'm so organized that I am, but with not necessarily the jet lag, but necessarily the real time change, you know, like I just went right back into it and again, landed on the ground, boots running. But uh, we do have a show, so let's get it fucking started. I want to start the show off by saying, why do I have this show? Now, everyone has a podcast, right? When I started this show, there was 700 something thousand podcasts. There's like 3 million. There's over 2 million podcasts now all over the world. A lot of people ask for video. And I said, I I promise I have it coming. And it's just, there's reasons why I don't. I don't think people really understand what goes on in my life as a jeweler, as a father of three, as a husband, as a businessman, as a multiple business owner, as a boss of a hundred plus employees and things like that, right? And then to record a show twice a week and just a lot that goes on traveling, but life. And I want to tell you guys, the biggest thing that intrigued me about having the show Never in a million years did I do this show to make it a source of income because it didn't make money, you know, um, when we started it. And uh, when we started the show, it wasn't necessarily a flash hit or whatever. But to everyone who does listen, BTB Army, the people who pop in once in a while, people who listen to any time I have an interview, understand this show is for the underdog. No matter what's going on in my life, I've discussed this before, I've always had an underdog mentality. If I am knocking someone out, and that metaphor is not to be taken literally, I still feel like at any moment, I could lose. So with that mindset, I work hard, even if I'm 75 laps ahead of somebody. I'm always trying to set a record. It's not about being first. It's stating the facts, 
And if you were first at something, then so be it. But everyone has a podcast. Everyone wants to be an interviewer. Everyone wants to pry in other people's lives. I'm interested to a certain extent, especially for those who have made money doing it, you know, in not necessarily the typical way, doing it in an interesting way, coming from modest income to no income to, you know, making money. Whether that be enough to buy a home, whether that be enough to live a certain lifestyle, whatever it may be, that's what's interesting to me. But the purpose of this show is to project the mindset that I have on a daily life, right? I don't necessarily, I talk about things like whether it be Kanye here and there, but really the show was about my life. What is it called? Behind the baller. So I'm talking about what goes on in my life as a father, as a husband, as a businessman. And again, I rarely talk about jewelry on her, even though that's what I'm famous for, even though that's what I'm good at. It's too obvious. So, you know, I'll bring up a thing here and there. That's about it. What I want people to understand is, and I've spoke about this, but I need to like really reiterate the fact that at certain points in my life, I was at level ground with many people. Whether I was in the 95 percentile that was making minimum wage when minimum wage was, was you know, under $4. And somehow I got to where I am today. And whereas either I'm delusional or I feel more, more normal than ever. And my normal may not be necessarily attainable to the average person, but I mean, anyone who comes in presence of me, I could have a 20 minute conversation with, hour conversation with, make them feel comfortable and not use three syllable words, not come with some crazy extravagant vocabulary and really speak regular with someone, right? But the purpose is that if I made it coming from K-Town, if I made it having a store in dead in South Central to not having a store in Beverly Hills, then I think you can make it. What worked for me might not work for you. There are a lot of ingredients in the recipe. There are a lot of things in the blueprint of game I've given on this show that you guys can take and apply it to your life. And that's why I have this podcast. Because I want you to understand that I don't think I'm better than anybody. But at the same time, I think I'm better than everyone. Does that make sense to anybody? Right? Someone can cut that up and misinterpret it, but there's not much you can misinterpret on this podcast if you listen to it, to an episode in its entirety. There are some things you have to refer back to older episodes or maybe the K-Town Hustle series. But another thing is, sometimes I forget that you go down to the Bible Belt. And I'm talking about United States of America now, North America. And there are people with a certain mindset and they read the Bible. Everything in the Bible applies to their life. So homosexuality is just a complete no-no. That's related to the devil, to them. Um, it's very closed-minded, just ancient people. Now, another thing too is, in everyday lifestyle today, profanity is just not an issue. At least to my eyes, it wasn't. 
And I do realize that I use it on a daily basis. Don't ever cuss in front of my kids. I think it's a very, 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 very rare, super rare incident that I may let an F word pop out. So out of 75 million times, if I've said the word, it might have slipped once or twice. That's point zero 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 one percent that I might have said that word in front of my children. Who I am as a father is a whole different person that I am on the internet. I rarely share pictures on there. When I do, I know I'm active in the stories. You know, it's something significant for that moment. Sometimes it may have nothing to do with anything. Maybe it's time, you know, I, uh, you know, don't take myself too serious. I call myself the wash lord. That right there should let you know. I'm admitting that I'm washed up. Nobody could make fun of me better than I could. There's people out there who have a perception and whatever, but at the end of the day, like, I'm wearing a $7 t-shirt and some $22 pants. The average guy who's working at Office Depot, his outfit might cost more than mine. Doesn't really matter. Oh, what about earrings? I didn't say that. I'm saying just a general appearance. I'm not talking about anything else. I don't really wear necklaces anymore. And I don't. I haven't worn a watch only in Tokyo because, you know, it's safe out there. But I also don't care anymore. But this podcast is just more so that you guys get the game and understand the lifestyle, things that I like, things that I appreciate, and know which way or form do I say, you know, am I a professional, you know, movie reviewer? No. I got my degree in cinematography, so I think I do know more about film than other people. I've worked on many film movie sets. You know, I have a decent knowledge about things that I talk about. And usually I don't like to talk about things that I don't know much about. And I like to share my opinion, right? I don't necessarily judge anybody. I share an opinion, and some people may take that as judgment at a certain extent. That's fine. But everyone has a podcast. That's great. Not everyone has the same story. And some people say, oh, why is your story so much special than others? I'll tell you. I was an Asian-American man born to an immigrant family in 1973 in East Los Angeles who came up lower middle class family not only till I was born they were even considered lower class lower middle class um, they were poverty stricken family before I was born uh, living in city terrace and never did we live a lavish lifestyle my mom worked very hard to provide a lot of nice things those nice things I mean are just clothing on my back and her being able to cook meals and I appreciate those now so much more and it's like too late for all that, right? My mom knows now, you know, I, I let her know. But it, it's built who I am today. I'm an amazing American man who was breakdancing, graffitiing, DJing in the early 80s to the mid-80s to late 80s. I'm an Asian American man who played college football and college basketball on a high, competitive, skilled level, Right? I'm an Asian American man who was an executive and a vice president of two record labels and have been worked and behind 21 platinum albums, working with the likes of Master P, Ice Cube, Dr. Dre, Jay-Z, 
working with Tupac, working with Death Row, working with Snoop, working with so many different huge names. And I know those names may not resonate all the way now. I just mentioned some of the big names, right? I'm an Asian American man who knew nothing about jewelry. Started a jewelry business in 2005. And now it's globally famous. I don't know how many songs I've been mentioned in, but, you know, as an entrepreneur, kind of just started business and just kind of just figured it on its way out. You know, I have plans and I have strategies and things and I do have a team, but for the most part, I've been blessed to direct and give, you know, creative order and have people execute those dreams. So a lot of the things that go on behind the process of, of my success, I discuss on the show. But for the most part, it's about my life. And that's why I have a podcast. Because there might be some people that have some similarities. They catch on to one thing. They may not be able to relate to the Porsche. Very few are going to relate to the McLaren. You know, they may relate to a couple of food reviews. I'm not sitting here talking about politics like that. You know what I mean? I can talk about my opinions and things like that. But here's something we're going to talk about real quick. Anxiety. A lot of times, people have no idea why they have anxiety. I've been dealing with it since 1995. It goes in waves. I think I suffered the worst of it probably in, in the mid to late 90s to the point where my blood pressure went up like ridiculous levels, like 200, boom. I was like making myself go crazy. I would almost freeze. I almost feel like I was going to pass out. I had a doctor's office ban me from there because they thought I was a hypochondriac and I thought I had everything. I thought I had every disease. I would Google things. So I had this pain on my side. What is it? And, um, you know, you never know why you're like this, right? You're like, why am I like this? Well, what's going on? You look in the mirror, sometimes you're like, you're fine. But if you're living healthy and you're not overweight, you shouldn't worry. If you get a checkup at the very least once a year, you know, instead of buying those Jordans, go see a doctor. I know you feel like you don't get fulfillment out of that, but how about like, it's good to know where you stand in life, like where you are health-wise and anything, right? It's good to catch it early. If you're living healthy, you know, you're eating healthy, you know, to worry about shit. You know, life is really stressful. But like later in the late 2000s, you know, towards the time right before Jonas had passed away, before my pops had passed away, it came again. You know, and every so often I still get it. And I, and I had it this past weekend. And um, I don't know if I've ever discussed this on the show, but I, I have heart palpitations where I get an irregular heartbeat. And I've been to the doctor, done an EKG and everything else. They don't know why it goes. It could be from medicine. It could be from, I don't know. It could be from stress too, though. For the most part, I'm okay. Thank God, right? There's little things here and there. But I just wanted to tell you guys that if you are living okay, you don't need to go to church. You don't necessarily need to see a therapist, but therapists do help. If one didn't work for me, doesn't mean it wouldn't work for you, right? Understand that it's important for people who aren't as strong-minded to definitely go seek professional help. I think Kanye should go back and see someone at office. Now, if you don't listen, that's a whole different thing. I could have a golf coach and it's great. You can teach me proper form. You can teach me certain things. You can teach me technique. And I still don't understand all of it. But if you're not going out there and doing the work, who cares? So I might say, oh man, you have a great coach. And that's part of it. 
but your coach ain't out there using your body, your arms, and your clubs and making the holes, right? Making all the shots, right? Having the, putting the ball in the hole. That's the big thing. So when it comes to anxiety, guys, I think some deep meditation that could last for a few minutes, some stretching, drinking a lot of water. Ever since I lost like 36 pounds in the last few months, it, it's definitely given me, you know, more strength. But traveling will wear you down. There's these things I read when you say, if you want to live to 100, do these things. And like one of them was like, don't fly in a plane very much. It's like, the fuck you mean? What's the point of living if you're not going to go live, right? (laughs) And, um, you know, it resonated for a little bit. But, you know, I have a lot going on. I got back, tried to shake off some cobwebs. Um, I tried to dust my stuff off a little bit. And I think I got a little bit still in me. And I'm a little off. But it is very early in the morning right now. And I just wanted you guys to understand that it's okay, man. You know, a lot of times you, you're probably fine. But there are some people out there who are probably, you know, dealing with all types of different things. Who knows? You could have Asperger's and not really know because you never really, you know, your parents maybe did, never took you to get checked up. There are so many different levels of autism now. They call it a spectrum because you could be so high functioning or you could be like the accountant, the movie with Ben Affleck. Or you can be like Elon Musk has Asperger's, he admitted, you know, and just, there's just so many different stages of it. And it's just, uh, it's a constant battle. And I think that um, when you don't know what's going on, you should try to seek professional help. But I I think that, again, I I try to talk about just bettering yourself as a person, but I'm back in the shit and, you know, right back in the daddy gang. And Thursday was a wash, right? Just trying to get settled in back. I'm just like, fuck, I need to get some rest. You know, I had a fucked up ass day on Thursday. I was like, let me just get some rest. Friday, I was fresh. Went to go see my coach. Got in at the range. And again, the golf thing, it's deeper than playing a sport. It's even, I want to say, even deeper than me pivoting into that profession. I don't need to be a professional PGA Tour player in order to make an income off of golf. I didn't come into having a podcast by being, you know, with the intentions of money. There are ads now and it's profitable and that's cool. But the mindset and the release and the mental gifts that golf brings me, it's a whole different fucking level. So I did that. Kids got out of school early on Fridays. And... I was like, fuck it, let's go take them to, to Cheesecake Factory. Let's go have lunch. And that's, you know, for in general, that was their favorite restaurant for a long time. And, you know, I don't know if it lasts forever, but like Ryder's really been on one lately. And, you know, he goes through waves of what he likes here and there. He's always going to love McDonald's, I think. But there's just little different things with Ryder. I don't know what's going on with him at school. I don't know if he's being bullied by other people. Because Ryder, you know, he's a thick boy. He's healthy. I don't think he's fat. To say he's overweight is even a little harsh. I think he's really healthy. He's a handsome boy. I'm not saying it because he's my son. I know it because people say it that have nothing. They don't even know he's my kid. And believe it or not, there's a million billion people out there who have no idea who I am, right? That's great. But like, you know, London, regular kid, obviously minus the health issues. Kaya, she's full-blown crazy. She already thinks she's 17 years old and she's so sassy and stuff. And all three of them right now are just going through, I don't know what it is. 
They're just going through that fighting stage where they argue with each other all the time. Boom. We get our Cheesecake Factory. For some reason, Ryder had a bad day at school, so he just wanted to let me know about it all day. He's just complaining. And then, you know, we go get Ben and Jerry's ice cream. That is something that they just all love. And they love sweets. And I have to obviously limit and watch the intake of sugar they take because I see them go crazy and then they get cranky. And it's like, sugar's like drugs. And then we watch movie. We start playing this Cuphead game on Xbox. And I was able to really take a Friday night and just fucking relax, right? Saturday, I played golf. Saturday night, and I'll talk about that later with the golf. Saturday night, I was supposed to take the kids to Dave and Buster's. I had my boy Popeye set everything up. We were supposed to go and hang out. In the last minute, my kids are just like, no, I don't want to go, and da 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 whatever. And my in-laws have been gone for three weeks. And he just got back. They're jet-lagged. And I feel bad for my mother-in-law because she's always so tired. And my mother-in-law has her own life. So is my father-in-law. You know, he works full-time. And my kids are like, I want to see, see grandma and grandpa instead. And I wasn't hurt necessarily because I just needed the rest. But it was weird. They left me, and my, my Nicolette went on a, um, a dinner with one of her best friends. And so I'm literally stuck at home by myself. And that hasn't happened in fucking years. I honestly can't think of the last time I had a night to myself in Los Angeles. And it's like, normally I've been like, fuck this. I'm going to jump in the center and go cruise around. Man, ain't nowhere to cruise around no more. I'm an old ass man. I ain't thinking about that. I want to go cruise fucking Sunset Boulevard. You know, I'm going to do cruise uh, Monterey Park or Alhambra. Like, I don't even know where to go. But drive down Mulholland. And there was a point in time where I go to Monterey Park and kind of clear my head, but I just, I'm too tired. And now that I think about it, actually it didn't sound that bad. Maybe I should have, but like I could have went down Ventura Boulevard and started at Hollywood, like right there, what at Lancashire, and then ended up at Topanga or turned around, whatever, and just cruise, you know, Ventura just to cruise it for no reason. I don't know. I just didn't feel like doing that. So I went to Dan Buster's anyway. You know, I got the fried tempura um, cauliflower, got the chicken wings, which were fire some french fries, and I'm playing some games. And I just didn't have the same fulfillment as I usually do, I think, because my kids weren't with me. And I'm just, again, just adjusting to whatever. I get home, and uh, I watch a couple movies. And um, I'm like, fuck it, okay. And I'll talk about those later. But then it dawned on me that I'm supposed to be in Las Vegas. And I was literally supposed to be in Las Vegas from Friday to Sunday. But... That didn't happen because I have a prior obligation that came up out of nowhere. And the business trip in Vegas was actually, you know, it was a paid thing and I couldn't do it because um, I have things that are pressing here. So it was just a trip. I can't get Tokyo off my mind. There's still so much to see. And um, I just kept thinking about Tokyo. And I was like, fuck, when am I going back? Um, supposed to be going to, to Dubai. And that just got canceled. So I'm really kind of adjusting to these canceled trips because my mindset's already kind of there. And I do focus and live in the day and in the moment. But I came back to a shit ton of gifts. TaylorMade sent me a fucking two new clubs. They sent me a brand new black stealth with this new sick graphite shaft. It's fucking amazing. I'll talk about it in a little bit. I got a three hybrid stealth over a four hybrid. Those of you who don't play golf, you probably don't understand PGA Tour 2K sent me a fucking gift box with all the game and everything. I haven't started playing it yet. 
people sent clothes, people sent all kinds of stuff. You know, um, my sunglasses came out, my Bosch glasses, by the way, guys, I really appreciate the support. There was 250 pairs made of each color, 500 pairs total. We made it pretty limited, very limited actually. And um, there was a pre-sale for the super followers, which I am gonna start doing some more cool things with super followers and giving away my next drop, which is those high definition master dynamic, very, very high quality wireless uh, gaming headset. And um, I offered my Bosch glasses before to them only. I took some pairs for promo for celebrities and friends. And when they dropped on Thursday, they sold out. And, and I found out the black actually sold out in like 20, 30 seconds. It took 20, 30 seconds for the computer to register it sold out. The clear sold out in three minutes. It took to four and a half minutes to show it sold out. So I really appreciate the fact that it sold out. I have some more work with James Oro coming. You know, I got some golf shades. I have some just evening glasses you can wear. And like another pair of sunglasses. But, you know, canceling Vegas when I already think I'm going to be there. I'm going to be playing golf out there. I'm going to probably see people that I fuck with out there. I just had a different mindset. And, um, you know, we'll talk about uh, the golf and the movies and all this stuff after and obviously uh, my weekend at the game and everything. But, yeah, man, I just want to tell you guys, man, this podcast is about my life. It's about free game. I'm sharing information. And for those of you who aren't interested, you can turn off the podcast. It's great. Only want to listen to interviews? Great. Y'all got to rock with me before you rock with anybody else. You know what I mean? It's my show. It's not behind the celeb. It's behind the baller, right? Behind me. But anyways, um, before we get into a commercial, I got to give a huge shout out to my boy Wallow and my boy Gilly the Kid. These are two guys who are cousins, both from the streets of Philly. These dudes are really from Philadelphia. They're some real Philly-ass dudes. Wallow spent 20 fucking years behind bars in jail, right? This man spent 20 years in jail, came out a different person. Manifest destiny for him was a motherfucker. Now, they got a podcast called Million Dollars Worth the Game, and it's cool. I listen to a few episodes, and I like what they talk about. I like the message that Wallow sends. Gilly is the total opposite. He's crazy. He talks shit. He's funny. And he's for a 40-year-old, he's actually really fast. He's he's erratic. He plays basketball pretty good. These guys just signed a hundred million dollar deal for their podcast. And I am fucking ecstatic for them. That is a fucking amazing feat. And, you know, that's flourishing for real. So congrats to Wallow and Gilly. Those are my dogs. Um, I'm pretty sure I'll probably end up doing this show. They had asked me a while back, but, um, we had to figure out scheduling. You know what I'm saying? I don't think I'm going to Philadelphia anytime. If they come out here, it'd be different. Uh, I'm sure I have a lot to share with their following that don't know really much about me besides just the jewelry shit. They don't know about all the other business adventures and stuff and everything. But, um, yeah, let's get into a commercial. I hear that Lakey Lake music and we'll be right back with the rest of my weekend. All right, y'all. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. It can be tough to train your brain to stay in problem-solving mode when faced with a challenge in life. But when you learn how to find your own solutions, there's no better feeling. A therapist can help you become a better problem solver, making it easier to accomplish your goals, no matter how big or small. 
everyone should try therapy. I've already said that in the show. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, it's accessible, and it's affordable and entirely online. Get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and switch therapists any time. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash baller today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash baller. What's the first thing you do when you wake up? Is it checking up on your credit score? Didn't think so. At Chime, that's exactly what they do. With their secured Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, you can start to build your credit with your own money. Chime reports your payments to credit bureaus to help you build credit over time. Their members see an increase of 30 points on average. All of this with no annual fees, large security deposits, or credit checks to apply. So start your credit journey with Chime. Sign up takes only two minutes and it doesn't affect your credit score. Get started at chime.com slash baller. That's C-H-I-M-E dot com slash baller. The Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card is issued by Stride Bank and a pursuant to a license from Visa USA, Chime checking account and $200 qualifying direct deposit required to apply for the secured Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card. Regular on-time payment history can have a positive impact on your credit score. Impact to score may vary and some user scores may not improve. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply except at MoneyPass ATMs in a 7-Eleven or any AllPoint or Visa Plus Alliance ATM. What's up, guys? Watching sports is fun, but it's always better when you have money on the line. MyBookie has the biggest online selection of odds and contests to fill your sports betting needs. All your sports betting needs, anytime, anywhere. Bet on NFL, MLB playoffs, or play for a share of big cash prizes in weekly blackjack tournaments. Sign up at mybookie.ag. Use promo code BENBALLER and claim your deposit match of any amount up to $1,000. That's for your first deposit. Again, that's promo code BENBALLER to claim your bonus. Experience sports in a whole new light and make this season a winning one. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. What's up, y'all? We are back. Listen, man, I went to Angeles, my cousin Pete, on Saturday morning. Had to get a round in. Two, three weeks ago, before Tokyo, I was making videos at the golf course saying, is today the day I break 80? Am I going to break 80? Am I going to do some shit that most motherfuckers have never done? Now, the thing is, I haven't played some of these easier courses. All courses are tough, but I haven't played like Brookside, you know, since I've gotten better. I haven't played like, you know, Encino, Balboa. Some of these courses have wider fairways. You kind of hit anywhere, put it in play. Don't have a lot of hazards, shit like that. I'm playing difficult courses. You know, when I played that one course where people thought it was difficult, it's 5,300 yards. It's like playing from the women's tees at, at Angeles. And, you know, I shot a 74, but it's par 68 for a reason. Still an amazing day where everything went in. 
under bad weather conditions, but it was actually optimal weather. It was like 61 when we started, 66 when we finished, but it was really windy. When you're playing in cold conditions, I said this about the San Francisco trip, that the ball doesn't go as far. You got to club up, maybe even double club up. My cousin still shot a 76, even though he made a mess on three or four holes, couldn't putt for shit. And Angeles is a very tough course. One of the reasons why a lot of people go to Angeles is because Monday through Friday, people don't want to spend that kind of money on, on a public course, but it is a Jack Nicholas course. And on the weekends, I never knew this because I've never played golf on a Saturday or Sunday before at an actual golf course. Saturday and Sunday is for hacks. Usually it's for the dudes who can't play golf. They can't play during the week and these aren't very good. And so you're waiting around all the time. And I understand why people have country club memberships and don't want to wait around. It's a pain in the ass. And I get it. First world problems, rich people problems, I guess, right? But let me say this. Bragging about breaking 80 two weeks ago and getting on a fucking tough course fresh off a trip from Tokyo, shit. I was trying to fucking save fucking a hundred, right? I was lucky to fucking barely break 90. And that's a pretty good score. You know, that shit humbled me like a motherfucker. A bad day at golf can change your day. It can fuck your whole shit up if you're really consumed and obsessed with this sport and this lifestyle. A good day of golf could do the same exact thing on the opposite, put you in the best mood and put you in a good mood here and there, and you have to balance that, right? But let me say this, man. That black stealth driver, shit. My other stealth with the stock shaft, which actually still upgraded Fujikara staff, um, shaft, it was kind of slicing to the right. And so... On the HD Stealth Plus, you can adjust the draw and kind of like put it down so it doesn't go that way. And it's more of a Band-Aid. And I'm not really a Band-Aid type dude, but I was knocking the shit out of this super stiff shaft, much nicer. I wasn't ready for that. My coach was even saying, man, you're on a whole different evolution for your swing. You got like one or two more things left and you know, you're so close to figuring it out. It's over. And I finally really hit an actual 275-yard carry at the golf course. Fuck what I do at the range. Fuck what I do when I have 17, no, I'm sorry, when I have 120 balls and I can keep hitting balls and go buy more. It's totally different when you're on the course, right? So shout out to TaylorMade again, of course. And that three hybrid over the four hybrid is a world of a difference. Now I know I have a club from 200 to 230. And then I got my three wood, which would handle 215, 220 to 245, 250 depending on how pure I hit it, right? And I got the four iron to take care of my 185 to 200 if I need that, and, and it's more reliable in the rough and certain things maybe. But, you know, I shoot a 50 on the front nine, and I'm like, yo, what the fuck is going on? By the mind you, we skipped three groups, so I'm planning on playing fast, and my cousin's like, yo, man, take your time. Don't worry about these people. But I'm just annoyed people watching you here and there, whatever, and I don't care about it otherwise, but it's just like people recognize me and stuff. Oh, I saw you the other day, boom. And it's just like a weird thing, right? So people don't want to bother people. If you understand golf, you know you want to bug people. But like, you know, people say, oh, that's the hole I fucked up. Of course, that's the hole I fucked up that they watched. But I shoot a 50 on the front nine. And the front nine is easier than the back nine. Usually we play the back nine first. So by the time we get to the front nine, I'm warmed up and fucking shit up. I don't know what would happen that day. I just wasn't mentally there. On hole 10, I don't get my GIR. I missed the green. 
And now I'm putting from the fringe 52 feet away roughly. And I make a putt from that far for par. And that set the mood right then and there. From then on, no more double bogeys, bogey par, all that shit. That was it. No birdies though. I wish. And I was able to fucking save 100. I was able to break 90. You know, and I parred, you know, several holes, whatever. I end up putting 30 times, which is great. It's PGA average, right? And I still was pissed off because I shot an 83 at that course and I just felt like I could play better. But I'm not back in it yet and I don't think I'll be back into, you know, practicing four times a week and playing a round or two every week at least until, you know, early November. Fucked up thing about it is two or three months ago, I would have been screaming for this score. I'd have been like, are you fucking kidding me? Shit. I legit broke fucking 90 like this? It's just a different game, man. And that's golf. Golf is cruel and it's fucking crazy, but I love it and I cannot wait to just get these next week and a half over with so I can get back to my fucking life. You know what I'm saying? But the other night I told you I was chilling and um, got to watch... um, This movie called The Devil You Know with Omar Epps. And it was something that some, I forgot if it was Instagram follower or somebody suggested, but you know what? It was something that was already on my uh, list because I I subscribed to Stars, And it was all right, man. It was, it's like a thriller. It's about a dude who um, spent some time in jail for a false accusation. He had done a crime, but it wasn't the crime that they charged him for. And um, he had a strong family and he's trying to go through alcoholism and being sober and, and um, his brother's a fuck up and there's a murder involved and his brother's slightly involved. He doesn't know if he is or he isn't. And it just, it, there was a lot of twists and turns and tell you the truth, I'd rather you guys save your time. I don't know if it's, it's worth saying, but I want to mention it so people don't suggest it anymore. But the real treat of entertainment wise on the screen was the Raising Canaan finale. Holy shit. They finally brought it. It's fucking good. There was a few dry spots, but let me tell you something. 50 is a fucking genius. Like, I don't think you guys understand how fucking difficult it is what he did with this power empire that he's created. He had power. Then he had ghost. Then there was force. BMF. Raising Canaan. It's insane that this power empire has come there. You know how hard it is to do what 50 is doing, to bring so many different things together. The BMF thing is totally irrelevant to the power, but, but I'm just saying like it's still a show about Black Mafia family, Meech and all that story. And that one's actually, the funny thing is I was the most interested in that. It was my least favorite out of all of them. But how he tied all these together, and I think there's a Power Series 4, which is Lorenz Tate's thing, where he played the corrupt mayor or, the, or, or senator, or councilman, whatever, and something's supposed to come. I don't know what's going on, but I cannot wait for Ghost Season 3 to come out. Can't wait for Raising Canaan Season 3 to come out. I can't wait for Force Season 2 to come out and BMF Season 2. And I think they've all pretty much finished filming. So, you know, I hope something drops by the end of this month or something because it's it's got me fucking fiending. But back to Raising Canaan. Spoiler alert. And that's why I talked about everything else first. I understand they couldn't give you everything. But motherfuckers was getting killed. They was getting in with the Italians. It was getting fucking crazy. I know it's going to be a real bloody season three. And it's crazy. And Rock is just like, she's a fucking boss ass bitch. 
But I wanted that fucking lesbian cop chick to get murked so bad. I just cannot fucking stand people who pry into other people's business. Right? I'm not about that bully shit at all whatsoever. If you fuck with me, depending on where I see your power is, if you're a fly, I really won't even, like, there's no reason to swat the fly. You know, it's, nah, man, you're done. Go ahead and live. If you fuck with my kids, though, I don't give a fuck who you are. I don't care how rich, how poor, what color you are, what religion you are, how fat, how skinny, how strong, how tall. I don't give a fuck if you are small, nothing. I don't let anybody fuck with my family. My family is, means everything to me and my kids can't defend themselves. They don't know how to. So anyone that pries into business and fucks with people's families, whatever, and I know that's a policeman's job. I'm just like, yo, like that chick, man, I really thought I was coming. And I know there's a bigger part that 50 has, but they can't give you everything, like I said. And so the spoiler is, you know what I'm saying? They don't kill the cop, but I, I'm just like, man. By the way, another thing that bothered me about Raising Kane in this episode is unique is rocking true blues. And this show is supposed to be like the late 80s, right? Yo. Any sneakerhead knows true blue Jordans did not come out until the early 2000s. But it matched his outfit and unique is a fucking G. And he just fucking made it lit. Like straight up. It was just fucking awesome. You know what I'm saying? Like his show was that fucking... I'm gonna have to watch that finale again. I don't know. It was just fucking good. And maybe I even start Power all over again. Because Power is so fucking good. Like you think Empire was, Empire was cool. And then it was just like, eh. I think the first season Empire was dope. And I think because I was involved and Terrence Howard is my friend. But... Nah, man, you can't. You know, one's for television, like like actual network TV, and the other one's just gangster as fuck. You see people getting fucked. You see people getting killed. You see drugs and all kinds of crazy shit. And it just, I don't know, man. It's just a product of, you know, where I was growing up, where I grew up. I'm sorry. Sunday, went to the Seahawks game. Was my second time at SoFi Stadium. SoFi Stadium is the best NFL stadium in, in the country. In the, in, I'm sorry, in the NFL. It is the nicest football stadium in existence. Allegiant Stadium is a very, very, very close second, but I didn't even get to explore how much shit is there. The thing is, you know, why the fuck would I want to buy any Rams or Chargers gear? And uh, my dear friend, Frankie Delgado, is my boy. Known him for a long time. He's from the TV show, The Hills. And uh, he runs Hyde Nightclub, has a couple other businesses that he has. Shout out to Tacos 1986. I think they have a few locations, but he's a diehard Chargers fan since he was born. He was wearing a onesie, a Chargers onesie. You know, he grew up in Tijuana, grew up in San Diego. And I never really hated the Chargers, even though, you know, there was once upon a time I was a Raiders fan, you know, like to fuck with the Chargers and everything else, whatever. And by the way, shout out to the San Diego Padres. They got smacked. And it's funny because, you know, um, people are mad about it. And it was like, look, it was fucking disappointing that the Dodgers lost. It's just fucking trash. But the Chargers were four and two. And I told Frankie months ago, two months ago, I said, I want to go to the game with you at SoFi. I know you're going to have the absolute insane VIP shit, but I'm going to be honest with you, man. We're going to suck this year. And I don't really know what to say. So just, you know, I'm not tripping. It's all good. Mind you, had I known that Gino was going to do what he was going to do, I knew, I believed him. I believed in Gino. I think everyone knows that. Anyone, our Seahawks correspondent, Scott Ferranda, even knows, he goes, bro, you were back in that motherfucker last year. Gino was out of his mind. But the craziest part is, Pete Carroll wasn't wrong. He wanted a strong run game. 
He wanted to balance the offense out. And the problem was Russ. And if you look at the stats from yesterday, how well balanced the yardage was between the run game, the rushing, the receiving, it was fucking nuts. I have never seen so many fucking injuries in my life in a game. The roughing the passer is ruining the, the game at NFL. And this is coming from Geno getting barely hit. This is just crazy. And I understand that, you know, the, the CTE and all that stuff and everything um, and the brain injury. But look, man, it's football. It's a dangerous game. It's fucked up. That's why a lot of us watch it and whatever. But I had low expectations about this game. I said a W could happen maybe, and it'd be nice. But the Seahawks went in there and whooped ass. They came in there fucking gangbusting, okay? Get to the stadium, tunnel entrance, VIP parking, walk in, get fucking all access wristband, then a sweet wristband, then you know, a uh, field pass on the Seahawks level, Seahawks area. Like he set it up so insane, man. Shout out to the Spinal family that owns the Chargers. I-, I cannot express to you how grateful I am for the way you guys treated me and my father-in-law. I brought my father-in-law. My wife was supposed to come, but she wasn't feeling so good. And seeing DK, seeing Quandre before the game, seeing my boy Mike Dixon, who's my boy, he's been on the show. Um, and just chop it up and seeing my guys and just seeing them here. It's just nice to see my boys, you know, playing professional football and, you know, a lot of respect for them. And um, Michael Dixon is just such a fucking great guy, man. I can't even tell. So was Quandre, man. Such a good dude. And uh, seeing DK leave is, is pretty depressing. You know, he's, he's injured and sucked. And knowing about Tyler, questionable, you know, his hamstrings not 100%. I didn't really know what to expect. That motherfucker did work. But Marquise Goodwin, fucking Tariq Woodley, uh, fucking... Kobe Bryant, like, yo, our defense came together. Motherfuckers was out there doing their thing. We held them to, I want to say 16 forever in the last touchdowns, whatever. But I mean, it was nuts. We were up 17-0 and almost had a third touchdown, which I can't tell you the last time we scored three touchdowns in one quarter. And it felt like the longest game in the world, but it was such a satisfying game to go to. I cannot believe that was such a fucking incredible win against such a good team that has really bad fucking coaching. And they need to fucking do something on this bye week because they just, the Chargers have lost everyone. And Justin Herbert is a Super Bowl quarterback, but now who fucking knows? This is crazy. They need to call Deb Beckham or somebody and call fucking Sean Payton and get a new coach and they need to figure shit out. But they need receivers. Thank God they got a bye week because they're fucked up. And now... We get this W. We whoop that ass. We got some injuries here. You know, we got to figure it out. I don't know how long DK's out, but, you know, Goodwin came in and whooped that ass. K9, Kenneth Walker came in and whooped that ass. And I just got to, like, you know, assess what's going on and just embrace this. We flourished. And now we're first in NFC West, which is crazy, right? Niners got their asses kicked. Okay. Rams lost. Cardinals won, but they're trash. And I don't know how long this lasts, right? People predicted that we win four or five games max. I could tell you right now, I know we're going to win probably six or seven games this year. And I know that we're going to tap that nine our ass when they come to our house, you know what I'm saying, for Thursday Night Football and national television. Can't wait for that. But there's a lot of shit that's going on. We're playing against the Giants, one of the best fucking teams. The G-Men, it's legit. I'm supposed to be there. I already bought my hotel, my plane ticket. Boom. Guess what? Can't go. I was thinking about just going for the day, flying there, flying back. I got too much shit going on. I got to record the show. I have 
obligation on Halloween day, Halloween night, I got shit. It's just a fucked up situation that's going on. And it's just an annoying thing. And it's fine. I got the rest of my life to enjoy my life. It's cool. Sucks, but it's small little, you know, little fucking annoying little gnat that's flying around and we're going to handle it. But we're first in the NFC West. If we beat the Giants next week, I'm going to tell you, Giants are legit. They're for real. We play the Jets too and the Jets are legit too. We fuck around and be both New York teams, man. It's gonna be a whole different, different story right now. And Geno still leads the NFL in like two or three categories, and he's, you know, he's crushing it. But again, shout out to the Spano family. Shout out to my boy Frankie Delgado for the insane VIP. It was just fucking an excellent experience. I love seeing my father-in-law so happy. He was smiling. We had free alcohol. I didn't drink. I had a shot. My, you know, my father-in-law was drinking. Smile on his face the whole time crazy part is I'm sitting to next to two guys in the band Alice in Chains with the lead singer and everybody they're Seahawks fans they from Seattle performed at three or four Seahawks games they performed the halftime show at the Beast Mode the Beast Quake game which is legendary game and I got to chop it up with them um, because they're good friends of Josh Richmond shout out to Josh had one of the most downloaded episodes of this year and it was just a great time, man. The fucking free food section for the Pachanga Suite was amazing. Had these this fucking amazing jalapeno, spicy jalapeno cheese bratwurst. The pork sliders were money. The mac and cheese was money. The carne asada nachos were money. The snacks, all the beverages free. It was just great. It was amazing. I didn't care about anything else. I came there to rep. Seahawks were in there representing at one point when K-9 got that last 74-yard touchdown. The arena was yelling, see, Hawks. It was loud enough to hear. And I was like, yo, SoFi is huge. But it just was a perfect ending to a weird weekend, right? And I'm just looking forward to getting this week over and, you know, hopefully getting some golf in and getting some shit in. Just spending time with my families and just kind of focusing on this bullshit little monkey wrench that's, that's going on right now. So guys, I have to say this. We are going to do fam questions for the next episode. The only problem is the next episode is not dropping this Thursday. There will not be a show this Thursday. I have too much going on this week and I have too much work to do that I can't even catch up with my own life and I have to. This is, you know, from build up and everything else and it's not necessarily poor management on, you know, my schedule and my belief. It's just things that have happened. And there's other work that I can't really tend to. So these things have to just, you know, kind of adjust. So there's going to be no show this Thursday. But again, we are doing fam questions for Monday's episode. So I need you to submit the questions now. Okay. BBDTC213 at gmail.com. Submit your fam questions. Anything you could think of. Question about my life. Question about being a dad. Question about business. I don't know what the fuck you want to ask. Go ahead and ask it. And I want you guys to have a great week. I'm going to do what I can to have my great week. Thursday is my favorite day of the week. And uh, we're going to have no episode, so I apologize. But we will get it in. Please tell a friend to tell a friend about this show. I am going to give away a pair of those very nice, expensive, high-quality Master Dynamic Ben Baller gaming headsets. I got another surprise drop in Black Friday. Yo, we're a fucking month 
what is it? Hold on, November. No, we're two months in change away from 2023. It's fucking crazy as hell. Shit is nuts. It's going so fast. This year has flown by. And by you know, before you know it, the Wash Lord Invitational will be here. And um, just I'm just over the bullshit. And I'm going to start skimming the fat in the next two weeks. Start doing more giveaways. Start giving away shit that I need to get rid of. And literally, eventually, 2003, 2023 is just going to be really a great year for uh, the Yang Gang, Daddy Gang, and golf. Period. All right. All right, guys. So make sure you tell a friend to tell a friend. If you're not a super follower, it's $3 a month. I made it the lowest possible number just so it just made sense. Just to be like, fuck it. It's not a big deal. Um, there's obviously access to engagement here and there. I've done meet and greets. I am going to do a super follower golf foursome in Los Angeles. That foursome is probably almost all taken up. I think I have two guys for sure. And I'm going to play somewhere. I'll probably do somewhere more easy. During the middle of the week, if you work nine to five, you probably can't play. I'm not going to do it on the weekend. That's for damn sure. I will not do that again. And I'll be doing other meet and greets. But this is like something, you know, just to interact with people. I don't think anybody I know really does, you know, super follower shit. That's cool. I don't sit there and talk about fucking, you know, different things. I just, there's different content. There's more interaction. And there's cooler things that go on there. And um, I'm sure there's some ghost followers that are stupid as fuck that just you know, whatever, are just personally, you know, just, just prying in. But it's an amazing thing. I'm not going to do the exclusive content on Instagram. There's no reason to. But I do show a lot of love to the super followers. Shout out to them. I did a Spaces Saturday night with them. It was an amazing conversation. We talked about game, life, and everything. And I just try to help people out, you know. But anyways, guys, I will see you next Monday, not this Thursday. Do not forget, submit fam questions bbdtc213 at gmail.com that is my man Lakey Lake in the background we are out of here y'all peace